following program is produced by the Align in the Sound team. If you like what you hear, please stick around at the end of the show. To find out more, contact us and contribute towards a positive future. Please make yourself comfortable. <laughs> My name's Holly. I'm at the Canberra Environment Centre with Fiona and Zoe, who's here, and Chris, who can't make it tonight, and um, so it's sad that he can't be here, but he's got other things to do. Um, I just wanted to... And hi, B. That's my daughter. So tonight we've sort of come together at the, the Canberra Environment Centre to um, celebrate some fantastic work that's been going on um, that Fiona and Julie have been doing. Um, Julie's had a history of doing podcasting and this is Fiona's first foray into into the medium so it's been really exciting so for anyone who doesn't know that we've been doing the local environment heroes which is a podcast series that Ryan and Julie were doing um, when Ryan was here and we're lucky enough to get a new member to the team with Fiona and they've been spending I think it's pretty much the last three months going around Canberra uh, interviewing environmental heroes and they've also interviewed a few people from outside of Canberra as well. Yeah, so the Canberra Environment Centre's had a long history. We've been around for 47 years. We're still here. We've had a pretty turbulent last few months and this is just a really lovely way to come together to celebrate something amazing. So with further ado, I'll let these lovely ladies take over and share what they've been creating. So thank you for coming. And we'll have to resist the urge to break out into song because that is not the point of tonight. And if I did start singing, you'd be very glad that it wasn't the point of the night. Um, I'll just start with a quick acknowledgement of country. Um, we pay our respects to the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people who have looked after this country for such a long time and done such an amazing job. Um, nearly everyone, in fact, I think everyone who we've interviewed on the podcast always comes back to talking about the importance of connecting to nature and connecting to country and that's what I think we learn such a lot from from our Indigenous ancestors who have looked after this land so um, I pay my respects to your elders past present and emerging. Fiona mm. we are here because we wanted to pay oh you want me to oh, oh you're pointing it out <laughs> okay I don't have my glasses on I just make it up as I go um, which is pretty much the way our podcasts have run. <laughs> um, we're me, here. me making a plan and you making it up. As I know. <laughs> Stresses Fiona out no end and I kind of go, it's fine. It's fine. Don't, it is fine. Don't forget. It is totally it's fine. fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Why is it important for the CEC to do this podcast? Oh, there are so many reasons why it's important. So I think my driving motivation has been around really amplifying the voices of local people already doing it, whether they are publicly acknowledged or just sort of um, the unseen heroes, um, and really creating a, a narrative of hope and action which is localised to our area. So it's been our pleasure to be meeting with a diverse range of people who um, have totally different stories and for me, when I read it facts, information, in a list, none of that goes into my mind. <laughs> but when it's encapsulated in a story, it makes sense. And that, that's, to me, 
my driving motivation and I feel like that's what humans do. It's not just about facts, it's about stories and relevance. So, yeah. And you've also said that this is great for the CEC to put this podcast out because it means anyone can access this information. Yeah, absolutely. So even if you, before I worked at Canberra Environment Centre, I was listening in to the podcasts because even if you've got kids or you're not able to attend workshops, whatever, you can still access um, amazing content online, whenever you like, on the go. <laughs> so we've got four people here tonight that we've interviewed on the podcast and a fifth, well five if we include season one and a f- another one that will be interviewed shortly. So we've got Ryan over in the corner. Ryan is a sustainability teacher at St. Joseph's School. Amazing podcast episode. We've got Scotty who's coming up shortly because we're going to just quickly show you how the podcast works. We interviewed Scotty last Thursday. Um, oh, we've got Holly. We, Holly was number one um, in this season's episode. So Holly and Fiona and I having a chat at the old Canberra Environment Centre. Mia was on season one, so you can go and find Mia's chat on season one. Mia is the chair of the board of the Canberra Environment Centre and a local sustainability hero in her own right and has a book out, Happy Planet, um, which I don't think you have here tonight. Any good bookstore in Canberra will have that. Um, We'll have Zoe, who will be on the podcast in a couple of weeks, which will be ace. So if you like the look of Zoe, listen out (laughs) for the podcast, even if you don't. See, I really do make it up as I go along. And we've got Bjorn here. Um, And I have got... I have got a copy of Bjorn's book here. So Amy's Balancing Act... He, he can do a reading, although he has had some famous people do some quite amazing readings of his book, including, was it Brian, Brian Schmidt who read it upside down somehow? So, <laughs> quite amazing. So, this is just a smattering of some amazing people that have agreed to come on our podcast, and there's heaps more. Yeah. Going to go through them. Yeah. So, the other podcast guests who you can look forward to listening to their dulcet tones include... Diego Bonetto, so he comes out in episode two, which is already online. You can stream via our website or Spotify, Apple, very soon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Diego Bonetto, he was amazing. So he is the author of Eat Weeds, A Field Guide to Foraging. Um, So he's got quite a strong Northern Italian accent, love it. And, yeah, that, that was a really cool first interview that we did. So that was online, but it was awesome. Um, and then we went through to David Trude. Trude, he is a freelance photographer, and he is this, has this epic, productive, permaculture-based um, garden. Um, that he built in three years. Mm, like, just, it's, his story is amazing. So in Byron Bay. Yeah. So, so you look at him and you think, wow, he's an environmental hero. And he's kind of like, oh, no, I'm not. I only started this the other day. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's never too late, even if that's something you want to do. Well, you, he showcases that you can. He just did it. <laughs> um, you, you should look it up his film, actually, because you yes. watched the film yes. the night before we interviewed yeah. him, Down the Rabbit, Cap- Down the Carrot Hole. Hole. So he, he's a photographer by background, so he's travelled the world for 40 years just taking photos of really famous people and scenes, and he's now turning his photography to the soil and to what goes on in the soil and the organisms and the plants and the way they grow, and using that as he's growing his garden. And the short film that Gardening Australia put together, like he sent them a whole lot of things, and then they put this short film together. 
it's like it's incredible the stuff that he shows. He shows a cane toad, a cane toad decomposing over. It's done over six months, but with photography and speeding it up, it's like a thirty-second if that clip um, that he shows at the beginning of his film, and it just decomposes really, really quickly. But it shows you how it turns back to soil. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So then we moved on to Dr. Bjorn Sternberg, um, a research leader in the battery storage and grid integration program, as well as the author of Amy's Balancing Act. Yeah, an awesome book. <laughs> Bjorn, <laughs> it was a great experience, wasn't it? Um, and then um, Canberra Environment Centre moved house. So that happened. Afterwards, we had a wonderful chat with Kate Flood, who you may also know as Compostable Kate, um, through Instagram. She's a self-proclaimed compost queen, and she was amazing being able to talk to her about her connection to the environment and her sustainable living t- tips and yeah, she also has a book coming out yes. in August, yes. and she may be coming through Canberra to do a book tour. So, so we said we'd hook up with her again and yep. do something because yep. I think she's a good person yeah. to chat to. Uh, next, we in, uh, Julie interviewed uh, Dr. Catherine Trebek. Yes, who unfortunately couldn't be here today. She's at Jarvis Bay. Um, Catherine specialises in wellbeing economy and the whole idea that the economy that we have at the moment really needs to radically shift. And she'll talk, she talks through in the episode what a wellbeing economy is, the work that she's doing, why it needs to happen, the questions that she keeps asking and mm. the work that she's doing to advocate for it. Hmm. Uh, then we enjoyed... Um, chatting to Ryan McGee, who is here tonight. She is a sustainable sustainability officer at a primary school. Um, and what I really loved about her um, episode was tapping into the role of gratitude in environment action. And once sort of gratitude is activated, um, then the, the way you um, operate within environment action, action is really different and more powerful. Mm, that's, that's what I got, got out of it. Is that okay? <laughs> Plus lots more. Listen to the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, next, we chatted to Scotty Foster. So all-round solar-powered champ. Um, we'll be chatting with him more in a moment, but a depth of knowledge, permaculture, radio, co-ops, and more. So just hold your horses. We'll be there in a sec. <laughs> yeah. Next, um, we had a chat with Elle Lawless. She is the director of the Conservation Council um, just around the corner. And again, just loved talking to her, finding out a little bit about more about her dark side, about the way she's been arrested multiple times for campaigning and climate action. I was like, whoa, cool, <laughs> tell me more. So some really cool stories. I liked it how the police to. made her a cup of tea. Oh, <laughs> a little like... detail, yes. You only get this level of detail here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got still got a couple lined up, including um, interviews with Ryan Lungu, so former director of the Canberra Environment Centre, and Zoe McMahon and Freddie McGrath-Weber, who are local fruit food growers at Majura Valley Farm, as well as involved in the Rural Land Holders Association and Canberra Environment Centre. But finally, I wanted to end with um, the chat we had with Kate Harridan. Um, so she is 
um, a Wiradjuri woman who's focuses in on indigenous water science. So we only just talked to her. Was that, was that yesterday? It was yesterday, <laughs> the day before. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, that was yesterday. Far out. Yeah. So that was pretty amazing um, talking with her. Yeah, we might need to do a little bit of editing because she got very excited and there's a few expletives that come out quite frequently. We're not quite sure. And whether our... a lot of banging on the and table. And a lot of banging on the table. <laughs> there's a lot of excitement. So it's, yeah. It's powerful. It's, it's very, very powerful. Really powerful. Yeah. 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 So it's been quite a ride and we've also got to the point with the promotion of the podcast where I've had people coming up to me saying, hey, what do I do to get on the podcast? I'm like, ooh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's the next stage um, where people are coming after us, Julie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So you've, you've touched on a couple of key reflections. We're just going to ask each other like two or three questions and then we're mm. bringing Scotty up. Um, what are, you, what are some of your key standout moments from the podcast? I've written down a few. What are yours? <laughs> okay, well, I'm less organised this time. <laughs> yeah, like I mentioned, the Ryan McGee and the role of gratitude. Um, also, Kate Flood was such a good communicator. Oh, yeah. She's a former high school teacher, and I think that really has helped her, how she sets her message up. Mm. So as someone who is also super pumped about compost, I was just wanting to know how she did it. <laughs> and personally, I was like, oh, I need to be more like you, just compost queen. But also, um, yeah, she just made it super accessible and, um, and made you feel like anyone could start composting. And it's a really powerful climate action, which, I mean, I already, I already knew that, but I just knew it even more after talking with her. Yeah. So that was a real highlight as well. Mm. Okay, I've got a few. Yeah, go few, for it. A few that have stood out to me. Um, Yidin Mara, the Stan Grant, well, the word, Ridgery mm-hmm. um, word that Kate Harridan spoke to us about yesterday and mm. how that touches back. I don't know whether anyone's watched the Stan Grant episode on Q&A in the last three minutes of his speech where he uses that word. So she talked about this word and she said it's all about how I'm not responsible for what I do but for what you do and that's really important in her in her view of the world. And that, to me, brought together a whole lot of threads that I've been hearing throughout this season in particular. Um, So with Al Lawless, uh, she had this phrase, unconditional positive regard, Hmm. that she used. And she said her role at the Cons Council is to have unconditional positive regard. And she described it as, it's a sentiment that she tries to embody. It's really hard. It doesn't happen every day. But I try my best to be curious and to understand where people are coming from. And I feel that if I start from that perspective, I'm paraphrasing now, if, if she starts from that perspective, then she's able to meet people where they are and talk to them and, and engage them in a slightly different way than she might have otherwise. So even though it might be a different perspective from hers, treat people with unconditional positive regard. Ryan, um, Ryan moved me to tears at the beginning of the recording with her. I think I stifled my sobs somewhat, <laughs> um, but it's a very um, brave and raw opening of the podcast that I'd really encourage everyone to listen to. Um, Ryan says, I really made a conscious choice to pick gratitude, and I thought to myself, I'll paraphrase here, um, <clears throat> I had to see the world through different eyes and I started to look at the planet differently. And when you do that, when you're just in awe of the beauty of the world, you want to care for it. And that really has stuck with me. I thought that was 
the way she talks about the story that I'm not going to go into more because I really want you to listen to the episode. Um, I think it's a beautiful way of coming, of going on the journey that Ryan has gone on that I think we all go on. Um, uh, Bjorn, um, we actually decided that we're going to run a new episode on TV with Bjorn. I don't know, do you remember this part? Do you, know, you remember this part where I decided? I remember Julie. So we were talking <laughs> Julie's about... Julie's very excited. I know, I am. It's going to happen. Um, so we're talking about the wind... Um, so we're talking about the weather and the financial report and how who sits there, yeah, who sits there, like if they're investing lots of money as if anyone sits there waiting for the 725 episode with what's the guy, Alan Kohler on ABC talking about the investment report. Well, Zoe, my child Zoe does because we love to see what he's wearing um, and, and his little funny quotes and graphs. But with, Ryan, with um, Bjorn, we were kind of like, well, maybe it really needs to be in tapping into the work that he does now. It needs to be, this is how much wind we're going to have in the system over the next couple of days, everyone. This is how much sun's going to be on. So it'd be a great idea if you just switched off your power for a couple of hours to make sure everyone's got enough power to power the houses. Or make sure, you know, we're not going to have enough wind in the system. So just be careful how you're using your electricity. Maybe it's totally part of the podcast too where we sat there going, could you just build a windmill in every house? <laughs> I went, no, you couldn't. No, but but maybe that's, why, that's why you have people might, like me who's like, well, True. why can't you build a windmill in every house? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't know. So Listen to the podcast and you'll find out why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but two quotes from... So our last question, and when we get Scotty up here, we have five questions, hero questions, that we ask everyone at the end of the episode. And to our last question, what's your final quote or mantra that you like to live by? Bjorn said, well, he had two quotes. One's from Bill McKibben, which is that when he started on climate change, it's the same thing as losing. And then the other one was from Stevie House, who was a rock climber, mountain climber, known for baking, breaking lots of records. You've got to go slow to go fast. And Bjorn, like I kind of sat there and went, I don't understand what you're talking about. And Bjorn explains that you have to hold these two concepts together. Like you really have to think about... You've got to make action now, but you've got to do it in the right way and you've got to learn from it. And I'm not going to explain it properly. Listen to the podcast. It's, mm. it's really great. Um, yeah, so I think, I think what I've learned from all of that, um, we're meeting people and we're talking to people who are getting over the enormity of the challenges that we're all facing and are still prepared to get out there and do things um, and really just go, well, isn't it amazing that we've got this opportunity to live in this world and to really make a change? So... Yeah, I think it's been an awesome series. Yeah, thank you so much to everyone who's come tonight and all the supporters who made this podcast even happen. Yeah. Super thankful. But a um, few other little points of housekeeping is we're super grateful to be here at the food co-op and there's plenty more drinks, there's food available, there's um, things to snack on, go for it. There's toilets around the corner. Uh, and we do have some Canberra Environment Centre merch available for sale tonight. So just sort of keep that in the back of your mind for later. Um, yeah, Scotty. Yeah, let's bring Scotty on. And if you do want to pop up and go grab a drink at any time, we're not offended, like go yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to our podcast, we normally have about 20, 30 minutes of a general chat about, hey, what's going on in your world? Some, we've do, we do a little bit of research beforehand. Mostly Fiona now does amazing research and pulls out some good questions. Then I come in and go, oh, what about this? Or I read this. Or I've seen them post this. What does that mean? And then it's kind of a free for all discussion for about 20, 30 minutes. And then we hone in on these hero questions. So we're going we're gonna to do a run with Scotty here. So Scotty's podcast, as we said, was recorded last Thursday. It'll be up in the next 
week or so, um, mm. so everyone can listen to it. But this is kind of a brief, a brief recap of what we do and what you can expect to hear. Yeah, and we know a lot of you already know Scotty, um, as I said, local legend. However, for people who don't know Scotty, he has been described in the past as a solar-powered radio broadcasting organic growing cooperative creating earth and people protecting worker from Canberra. He yeah. currently earns a meagre living <laughs> doing on and off grid solar and general electrical work. Scotty is creating a cooperative commonwealth through community groups and on community radio 2XX FM 98.3. Everyone tune in um, with the behind the lines show. That's on Friday mornings, isn't it? 9am, yep. Yeah. Tomorrow morning. Oh, we'll be there. I'm going to be up late looking at my notes. <laughs> yeah, well, you missed the punchline on that intro. It's it's oh. lunatic worker. Oh, yeah. that's not it. Um, all right. So, um, Julie, did you want to jump into sure. it? First question that we ask everyone. Congratulations. You've just been elected the president of the world. What's the one change you try to implement first? Well... First, I guess, I'm not a candidate for president of the world. <laughs> I think if we submit to hierarchy and centralisation of power, we're just going to lose. Mm. Um, perhaps we could reframe the question as how can we organise ourselves as a society at a local scale to meet our basic needs without creating problematic power structures like those that we see presently in, in politics and in finance. Oh, this is so weird. I've only just got glasses and you guys are all fuzzy. <laughs> But then this is clear. It's oh, maybe I'd do that. <laughs> All right. Just learning. Learning the trade. But, you know, if we were to go through with the scenario and I was the president of the world, I'd try to implement something pretty much akin to the experiment in radical democracy that's been carried out in, in northern Syria during the war over there. Um, as as we, all, we all know about northern Syria, right? <laughs> yeah, the Democratic Federation of Northern Syria, and it's gone through a number of different, um, different iterations, I guess, but essentially they, there was a, a vacuum of power when Assad, mm. the dictator, went down south to fight the civil war with the people who were actually fighting him, and the Kurdish mob had been conducting a guerrilla war against Turkey for many, many, many years, and a lot of those were there, and they'd changed their tack from actually fighting with guns so much to trying to organise democratically as well. Um, so they already had a really advanced form of radical democracy ready to go. Um, so power vacuum, boom, they went, right, let's have a crack at this, and they did it. Um, so they formed a social contract, which is like their, their constitution, and that en enshrines equality amongst all people like really well, and it also forms the on the ground organisational techniques to implement that equality like any of the municipal organisations which are all co-ops there's a man and a woman at the top of it um, and if one's a Muslim maybe the next one's a Christian the other one's a, a Turkmen and they organise it with a whole lot of the different mixes of, of races and religions that are in that area it's really diverse um, their communities work under the social contract so you can self-organise your community in a... Basically, it's a, it's just a long-running... What do they call them? A citizen's assembly sort of thing yeah. um, that just never stops. And so they work under this social contract and they're essentially sovereign, which means they can make and enforce their own rules as long as they work under that social contract. So 
a whole bunch of communities started joining this social contract and, and ruling themselves, essentially. Um, and these communities worked together to create cooperatives to design and carry out the municipal services that are needed, water, electricity, everything. Um, and they sort of follow the rule of subsidiarity, which means that decisions are made at the lowest possible level and only move up if, if there's other stakeholders involved in the, in the decision. Mm. Look them up, they're pretty interesting. We've got a few shows on the podcast with them. So. Yeah, and here we are sitting in the food co-op. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's like the ideal answer right there for this location. <laughs> yep. We want more of it, taking yeah. over the world. On the podcast, we talk about cooperatives a lot, actually, and we go through the eight principles of cooperatives. So it's, yeah, really informative. Mm, yeah, mm. amazing. Uh, so next on our list of questions is, Scotty, it's 2030. Describe the world that you see around you. Yeah, well, you talk about an open-ended question, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been interesting then the diversity of answers yeah. from that question as we've interviewed different people from um, really pessimistic to more optimistic. <laughs> so, we may have finished yesterday's interview under the floor, under the table. <laughs> oh, my God. This is dire, but that's not... not, not no, that's, that's not Scotty. Where, where are you at? <laughs> well, you know, it depends whether you're seeing the glasses half empty or half full. You that's can sort of right. go anywhere, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. So let's go with the positive scenario and let's go with the Canberra scenario. Yeah. So a bit of history. We'll do a bit of a history lesson mm -hmm. from 2030. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I remember back in the second half of 2023, I think 17th to 19th November, I think, at the New Economy Network of Australia conference that was here in Canberra. Take a note of that, people. Um, <laughs> when most of the environment and social justice groups in Canberra realised that government and big business were not going to change. They got together and they looked at the big picture and they came out of the process asking two key questions. What is it that we really need? Needs versus wants. Neo-needs, which are things that society needs, like transport systems and education systems. Like The individual doesn't necessarily need them, but it's sort of a neo-need. It's built onto individual needs mm. so that the, the complex society that we have can continue as it reasonably is. Um, so what is it that we really need and how can we get together as a community and provide for those needs directly in a way that's good for nature and good for community? So inspired by the community independence movement in politics, they began setting up heaps of kitchen table conversations and where the Indi community imagined and built a new politics, the Canberra community imagined and built a new economy. The first series of kitchen table conversations asked the community what it is that we really need. And then the follow-up sessions asked about how we can practically get together and provide for those needs. And what emerged was a plan to form a cooperative commonwealth owned and operated by the residents of the Canberra community. The way it worked out, people who were serious about changing the system volunteered to tax themselves in order to set up a new institutions, each centred around a basic need or a neo-need. Things like localised food, housing, renewable energy, transport, health, social solidarity, local currencies and banking, recycling and anything else they could think of. Designed and operated by the local community, these new cooperative enterprises wound up providing great services to the community at a far cheaper cost. Instead of paying their bills to imaginary multinational psychopaths hell-bent on extracting everything they could get away with from the community and the natural world, they were now paying their bills to themselves and also determining what the externalities would be from those activities. Who knew then that externalities could be positive? 
the community used participatory budgeting to allocate any profits to the cause they saw as most important. And this is where our mutual aid centres and land access offices came from. They threw this sharing of excess funding throughout the community where it was once hoarded by the rich. They built the system we now enjoy so much, and in only seven years. And now we're getting inquiries and visitors from all over the world asking when, if they can do the same thing in their own communities. And we say, mm. yeah, of course you can. And we're only too happy to help them. I, I love this scenario. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah. Who are your environmental heroes? Well, over many years I've known some particularly stalwart blockaders who are good friends of mine and I'd have to, uh, have to put them up there, I think. And part of the whole thing, me getting into co-ops, was wondering, wow, if these guys ever win all their fights, they're going to be completely ruined for the workforce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we going to do with them? They're great <laughs> and they've got so much energy and bright and they're really good communicators. It's like, wow, I wonder what sort of workplace would be good for a person like that. And, yeah, a co-op is it. And speaking of co-ops, I think the Earthworker Cooperative crew down in Melbourne and the the Builders Labourers Federation before them have been doing good work for decades in supporting communities and stopping the bads and growing the goods. Mm. Um, And, of course, those First Nation folks who who fight their whole lives to protect Mm. country, they're they're just amazing. Those are a few. I I really love... I mean, I love all of our hero questions, but I love that question because I feel like it gives me this list of resources. Well, I love it and hate it because I just get this list of people and resources that I need to then go off and follow up on and go, oh, I don't know that person or I need to read about that person or hey, they've just said that person that I've never heard of before. So Yeah, I need to get yeah. them as a guest on the podcast. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, so we've heard a lot about community from you and from a lot of our other guests as well, and that has been another one of the big reoccurring themes, the, mm. the value of community in their way. Community empowers climate action. Yeah, love that. Um, finally, Scotty, uh, do you have a final slogan or hot quote? Tip, hot tip. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, four four. <laughs> skipping ahead. <laughs> what is your hot tip for being more environmentally friendly or aware? Well... We can't do it on our own. Mm. And we can't wait for government or big business to do it for us. We've got to get ourselves organised and begin a new system, living our lives the way we want it to be done. There are so many examples around the world that we can draw from. It's just insane, but you never find it on the news, so you have to go to places like the Environment Centre podcast or the Align in the Sound podcast. Yeah, or the New Economy Network of Australia. Or so it's it's many typically of the not independent sources. Yeah. Typically not seen as newsworthy. No, no. I mean, there's a there's a mantra in the news world that if it bleeds, it leads, and running around and cooperating with each other, it's just soft, you know. <laughs> and that's part of why um, creating this podcast is so important. Um, really amplifying those stories of cooperation, community, and an alternative to that mainstream. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yes, so, it's actually you do, time this time. <laughs> you do it, you um, so, Scotty, what is your final slogan, quote, mantra, or key message that you would like to leave our listeners with tonight? Well, I spliced a few together. Love it, <laughs> yes. So, to improve our own life, we have to improve all life. Mm. Despair is an option which is unavailable in a real crisis. Using cooperatives to meet your needs is a permanent boycott of capitalism. Bringing ownership and control of the means which provide for our needs within our community 
means that the best that we can produce is what is produced. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Um, you still have to listen to Scotty's podcast, even though you've heard these five answers, because his answers in the podcast on Thursday were slightly different. So yeah, still, we made them true. up in the, on the way to the interviews. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time and your preparation and your enthusiasm and energy for being part of this project. Yeah, well, thank you. It's really important to get uh, alternative ideas out there and we need to look at our imagination like any other sort of muscle yes. that we've got, you know. If you don't use it, it'll wither away and atrophy and if you feed it the wrong stuff, it'll get crooked. So this sort of media and, and all of the other ones around the world that are getting really good ideas out there and amazing solutions out there, that's, that's feeding our imagination the right stuff to get it moving and, uh, and healthy and active. So... If you can't imagine something, you can't do it. So mm. let's imagine ways out of this bloody mess and get cracking on it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and there's a, uh, if you'd like to join the Co-Canberra team or newsletter or anything, there's a little sign-up list over there. And there's a little flyer for our Soil City Cooperative Farms Cooperative in the, in the food sector, which will tell you when our open days are on. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank awesome. you. Three episodes are already up, ready to go through the CEC website or through Spotify. They'll be on Apple soon. And then after that, we'll be letting, um, putting them out around um, one or two a week over the next few weeks until you've got the whole series. But also in the meantime, remember, there's the whole of season one. It's about 20 episodes. So there is so much to listen to. Um, and love and I was just saying to Julie like like the way I facts difficult within a story yes I didn't even know what a riparian zone was until I listened to um, Dr. Schwann exactly in season one season one so there's just so much in there and then you once you know more about your waterways you care more about your waterways and there's just so much in there yeah so yeah so I just wanted to quickly thank Fiona for being an amazing co-host. Um, we've been both been on a steep learning curve um, about how to put it all together and who we're interviewing and we work very differently, but somehow it's all working <laughs> together, I think. And it's been such a joy and a privilege. So thank you very much for being my co-host. And, and I hope we continue to interview many more people. So please spread the podcast and tell people we're open for... Invitations. Yeah, tell your friends. Um, yep. CC and merch. Have a great night. Yep. Support the food co-op. Thank you for having us. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, share it on your socials. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Cool. Thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you. You have been listening to an episode of A Line in the Sound, the podcast made by Co-ops, Commons and Communities Canberra, Co-Canberra for short, the New Economy Network of Australia, or NINA, and radio behind the lines from Community Radio 2XX 98.3 FM in Canberra, Australia. Co-Canberra is working towards a cooperative Commonwealth. Our work builds strong communities, extensive commons, and a network of climate cooperatives. The New Economy Network of Australia is a network of individuals and organisations working to transform Australia's economic system so that achieving ecological health and social justice are the foundational principles and the primary objectives of the economic system. Behind the Lines has been running for well over 30 years on Canberra's oldest community radio station, 2XX. 
We do extended interviews with anyone who's trying to make the world a better place. All three are volunteer-run, so if you like what you heard on this episode, join us and become the media. To join up with the New Economy Network of Australia, sign up at neweconomy.org.au. To help out with Behind the Lines, or to help our editing team finish off a mountain of good Australian New Economy info, which includes editing training, contact us at behindthelines98.3 at gmail.com and see 2XXFM.org.au where you can subscribe, donate and volunteer to Australia's only alternative voice, Community Radio. If you're not in Canberra, there's definitely one near you. To help out with CoCanberra, contact us at info at cocanberra.org.au That's C-O-C-A-N-B-E-R-R-A dot org dot A-U Or come along to our monthly meetups, which we share with Nina Canberra Regional Hub, where we explore any and all aspects of the new economy. Find out what we're up to at cocanberra.org.au And finally, if you want to help fund me, Scotty, to go full-time with this and lots of other related work, look up LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y, and search for Community Supported Scotty. From there, you can find out about all my other projects and donate to help create a new, appropriate economy. Thanks.